Welcome to The Pew, the place where everyday guys talk about everyday things in front of the one person who can do something about it, Jesus Christ. Now here's your host, just a guy in the pew, John Edwards. Well, welcome back to The Pew, everybody. I am your host, John Edwards, and here across the table for me, as always, is my co-host and cohort, Victor Adams. John, you look well-rested compared to what was going on last night. You know, <laughs> I, we, we uh, our, 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 I guess you say our church parochial school had like a father-daughter dance. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> last night, and so um, I, I get, it's funny, the older... Ella gets the less she wants to dance with me, so I got her like dance once. Yeah, before she was running around and hanging out with her friends and stuff like that. So that's sure, how it goes when they go from little bitty to like you know up to where they're like, yeah, thanks for coming, pop, but I'm going to hang out with my friends. Yeah, it was yeah. a neat little theme yeah. last night too. It was PJs and yep. uh, you know PJ party for father daughter dance. So it was, I went to 4:30 mass last night, and yeah. uh, when I went back to sign in to be an extraordinary minister, Father Gallagher was like. What's going on? Because yeah. I saw some weird dude in a bathrobe walking through the parking lot, and it was one of the fathers that right. had gotten there early right. to set, set up, up for yeah. the thing. And uh, but yeah, it's you know when the girls were little, I used to think, man, I've got like seven more years of right. these things, where it's just some DJ with like right. head blowing loud music, play, you know Taylor Swift through the rafters and mm. all that stuff. And now, like last night, I was thinking, man, I probably only have one or two of these left where yeah. the girls like want to even go. Right. Yeah. You know, so it was a great time to see you there. And, you, you know, the girls wrote on pillowcases and had us sign them and all those things. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of fun, too. But, but yeah, um, I, I, you know, I'll do those things as long as they want to do them with me because there'll be a day where they don't want right. to anymore. And that's the thing is that, you know, we got to be careful about what we wish to hurry through life, you know. Yeah. And, and, you know, our, our children, you know, there are times where you have those stages of, like, you know, weaning from the bottle, potty training, you know, you know, uh doing dressing themselves making you know yeah. these little segments of, of advancement in like responsibility but also stuff of independence and then all of a sudden you look and they're like you know you're their hero yeah and you're still like there as pop but you're kind of like you're changed like you know they're they're off to something different you know yeah. and so it's like when you got transition where you're like you're you're the hero dad and you know you're like you know writing giving you pictures and love you daddy and all stuff and even though they may say it it's those gifts that they usually that, that you always got when you're never younger yeah slowly diminish and, yeah, yeah. and those are things that i think for all fathers and and mothers as well is that that that's we love that you know sure. and and we don't maybe get that back when we have grandkids or whatever you know but it's like one of those things where um you know how how to be sure to enjoy the moment and the present and yeah. not like wish life speeds up because of all the the stressors that we're experiencing sure. every day, yeah. well, and it's it really is an invitation and a a way to be able to practice, yeah. um, you know, dying to self because right. <laughs> it's hard when you're in it there is, and you yeah. can't even. It's, I was joking with you and some other fathers. I was like, it's almost like being put in a torture chamber in right, a way yeah. because like you got all this stuff going on. There's a million girls screaming and running everywhere, and the music is so loud you can't even talk to the other dads right. really. And so it's kind of like for a little bit you're sitting there just in this place of we're like, okay, yeah, all right, because you feel yourself sometimes like, okay, how much longer is this thing got? Mm-hmm. But then all it 
takes is your girls running over and going, hey, dad, come in here and dance with me. And then yep. it's just like, I'll stay here all night, you yep. know. But, yeah, so it was a great time. I'm glad we got to do it. Um, and, you know, it's right before Lent. So this is the thing, man. We're This this is coming out uh, yeah, the Tuesday before, yeah, Ash Wednesday. Ash Wednesday. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah, I was thinking about a lot of things that – you know what? What have we done? What have we not done for Lent? And how can we do something a little different this year? So we'll jump into all that mm-hmm. in just a minute. But before we do, I want to uh, tell everybody we got some upcoming events. We are now kind of in the midst of uh, conference season, as it always is in Lent. So on February the twenty fourth, uh, we will be at the Columbus Men's Conference. I'll be speaking alongside of Chris Stefanik and Father Burke Masters, the uh, uh, chaplain for the Chicago Cubs. And I mean, it's a huge conference. They're, conference they're expecting about thirty five hundred men up there. It's at the Ohio Expo Center, and so if you're in the area, and I know a lot of you listen up there, I see it on the on our SoundCloud uh, rankings, the, the different areas where people listen. So if you've ever wanted to see us in person or want to come be with us, then join us for that Columbus Men's Conference. Uh, the weekend after that, March the second, we will be at the Estovir Men's Conference in Green Bay. Uh, I, I will be the only speaker for that. I believe there's a uh, the bishop will be there and some other people, but but, um, yeah, so we'll be doing a, a talk in the morning, and then we'll be leading a second talk in the afternoon on uh, what it means to be in a small group, why they're important, why parish groups are needed, those things. So it's going to be an amazing conference. I'm excited to be up there with those guys. And then, finally, March the 9th, we'll be going to Cedar Rapids for the Archdiocese of Dubuque Conference. And, man, we'll be doing breakout sessions. We'll be giving two talks there. So I'm excited to go and be with all these men. Uh, it's something that's always fun during Lent. Uh, you know, guys, and we're all we're all we're helping every one of them try to drive men into these parish groups, uh, not just to have a day, but to go beyond that. So we're doing leadership summits, and then a big part of those days we'll be talking about the importance of starting and leading men's groups. So very excited to do that. Uh, we also got some great news the other day. The we'll we'll have a booth at the National Eucharistic Congress in July in Indianapolis, but we found out they asked us to podcast, so we will be podcasting live from the Eucharistic Revival. So really excited about that uh got to figure out what's going to happen there with all of that but just know that we'll be there and we'd love to see you and all the rest of the eighty thousand catholics i think that they're projecting to have up there so that's exciting too finally i'll just say you know we've been in the midst here lately of starting groups in parishes and it's been phenomenal um the last two groups that we've started uh, the one in, in Gainesville had 72 men, 72 men show up the, the first night of their of their new men's ministry or revitalized men's ministry. They had one before that kind of died through COVID. Mm. But, uh, yeah, it was just exciting. They sent me videos of it. Uh, everybody's fired up. The one in Wheeling also has a lot of people coming, and they've done several nights now, and it's been amazing to follow them on Facebook. We just launched a, a private group for leaders on Facebook that have started groups, and guys are getting in there and starting to share a little bit and you know, just trying to continue to support those leaders beyond the training we do ahead of time and the missions. But, guys, if, if you're listening right now, if you're a deacon, a priest, or, or a lay person, that wants something in your parish that hears us talking about this all the time, then then make the move. Go to our website and click start a men's ministry in your parish. Fill out the form and let us get in contact with you and let's do this. Like let's quit thinking about it. Let's quit, you know, thinking, well, should I, shouldn't I? Yes, the Lord wants you to. So click the button and let's fill this out so we can continue to do that. That's what we love to do with our time. And what we believe the mission of this ministry is, is to go and build fruit that lasts in community for men where there is none. So again, you can go to just a guy in the pew.com to find that. Also, if 
if you're looking to support our work, which many of you do, and many people reach out all the time asking, how can I give? I've been blessed by this. You can do that by going to justagownthepew.com as well. There's a donate button in the top corner, or you can go directly to our online donation platform at www.donorbox.org slash pew, P-E-W. All right, folks. So thank you for that. Victor, let's jump into the episode. So, you know, as I mentioned to you, um, there were some things on my heart this time around about Lent. And, you know, it comes around every year, right? Mm -hmm. And so does Advent and these other things. And when you do a podcast, you know, every year, you, you, you come to these things and you think, well, what have we said? What have we done? We always want to try to bring a new spin on it. And the great thing about life is the Lord always has you in a different place. Right. Uh, same thing with reading scripture. You may read something tomorrow and read it six months from now, and it means two different things. So, um, you know, we've done things like What's Your One Thing was a show I think we did last year. We've done, you know, Time to Let Things Go. We've talked about going into the desert with Jesus. And and, um, you know, those are all good things. But this year, I really wanted to have a Lenten series. Uh, and, and it came from a couple of places. One, I was asked to do a, a retreat here at the local retreat center. That's coming up this weekend, February the 16th. For those of you in Memphis or the surrounding area, you can still register and join us. You go to Our Lady Queen of Peace Retreat Center, and you can see the, the uh, retreat listed there. It's Father James Clark and myself. We'll be doing a Friday night and Saturday morning, and then a Saturday night and a Sunday morning. So two times to have the same retreat in the same weekend. It's kind of a neat idea. But you can go to their website and find out more information about that. But the theme of that retreat is return to me with your whole heart, which is from Joel. It's actually Joel uh, 2.12. And when I was thinking about that, that's kind of where my mind has been the last few Lents is, man, are we giving the Lord our whole heart? And if anything, Lent is an invitation to get back to doing just that. You know, oftentimes we get in the busyness of life, everything that's going on, and God becomes a secondary thing. And even if he is the primary thing, so many of us, it, our life should be about constantly trying to surrender more of ourselves to the Lord and give him what we haven't. You know, I like to say when Lent starts and we and when somebody mentions like, hey, you know, Lent's coming up soon and maybe you've been in a place where you, you, know, you just got through Christmas and all that and you're busy and somebody says that and you're like, oh man, and then you start thinking, what am I going to give up? And your mind goes immediately to this one thing and it's always the one thing that we probably need to, to work on, but we're like... <laughs> I yeah. didn't see nothing. I didn't right. hear anything. Right. As I say, Did, whistling past the graveyard. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Right. <laughs> right. You yeah. didn't see nothing like the monkeys hear no, see right. no evil, hear no evil. And, and we kind of push that one thing aside and look for something that may not be as painful or may right. not be as hard. And, you know, this was reflected in one of our mutual friends the other day. We we're having a conversation and, and he brought up Lent and he said, well, I guess I'm just going to quit drinking again for 40 days. And, and I was in the truck pulling up at the house, and as I was getting out, I said, well, hey, man, let me ask you something. Are you going to drink again? Like, when you get to Easter, are you going to have, like, 20 beers because you didn't have any, you know, through Lent? And he's like, well, it's usually what happens. And he started laughing. And I said, well, do you really think, like, that's what the Lord wants? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you're – it's one thing to, of course, to, to do the ascetical things and to put things aside. But if you know you're going to go back at it, and then if you know you when you do, you're going to hit it hard because you haven't done mm-hmm. it. One, that should probably tell you, I should probably look into this more often than just the 30 days, right? Mm-hmm. It sounds like something I might struggle with. But two, um, you know, while that is definitely one of the three pillars of Lent, which are prayer, fasting, and and, um, and almsgiving, fasting would be what he's doing to give that up. 
you know, I just sometimes wonder if the Lord's like, I, I want something deeper than that, right? If it's an issue for you, yeah, like put it aside and, and probably put it aside in the rest of your life, mm-hmm. not just the 40 days. But I think the Lord wants us to go deeper because we all have those places we haven't allowed the Lord into. We have those things that we struggle with. Um, and, and the really just the harder things that the Lord wants us to deal with mm-hmm. because we could give up chocolate, we can give up those things, but he wants those pieces of our heart that we've yet to give him. And oftentimes we haven't been able to give him those pieces of our heart because they're surrounded by a wall of sin or a mm-hmm. wall of woundedness or protection that we've put up to keep, you know, from being hurt or something like that. So, um, you know, I think the question we have to ask ourselves as we go into this and into the series is why are, why are we giving the things up that we're giving up? Um, as I said, this is what God wants. He wants us to return to him with with our whole heart. And I think we can look and say, are the things I'm doing superficial? It's okay to give up chocolate or to give up drinking or whatever, or a certain food you like, or a TV show or cold shower, you know, hot showers or Mm -hmm. whatever. That's fine. That's an outward sign of sacrifice. But what are you doing interiorly to really let the Lord in? And so that's, you know, that's what I really want to kind of talk about today. And and, and jump into, as we get into this first part of our series, we're going to go through the seven deadly sins, because I believe that's something that we all struggle with. You know, we usually major in one of them and minor in a bunch of them. So as we go through Lent, each week is going to be based on a, a deadly sin. Today, we're going to jump into envy. But Victor, I just want to pause right here and just, what are your thoughts on what I've talked about with Lent so far? And Well, yeah, I mean, I, I, series. I agree because I'm like I'm like you, I've, I've kind of gotten to the point where, where I would pick to give something up but yet it was like was it really a sacrifice and then i realized what a true sacrifice is doing something more to be closer to god not just like like being aesthetic in the sense of like negotiating what's what what i don't need uh and then and then moving on from that but like what more can i do like yeah can i say more rosaries can i attend more daily masses can i say um you know any kind of like a devotion that I haven't done before, you know, um, read more, you know, the scriptures, you know, uh, dive deeper into like things that I'm dealing with. Like for instance, envy, you know, it, it is a trigger point for me because, you know, I, I know when you, when you work in any kind of, we work in any job, really, there, there's some, you're always in some competitive for a job, but especially for marketing sales positions, you're not only is your company, you know, competing to get something, you're also being judged by your coworkers on how well your your market's producing. Yeah. So therefore, envy starts at a place of like co- friendly competition, but then it gets to a point where if there's money attached to it, or or you think that you you're worth a bonus, but you don't get it because you worked hard to get it, then then there's this sense of like envious towards like someone else that got it, mm-hmm. or someone else got that promotion, or why why was I not looked at that position? Why was I not asked to interview? When this person who I know is, you know, I'll just say a hole gets yeah, promoted. Sure. You know, it's like it's like how do these things are justified in some aspect? And then therefore that's where envy kind of always creeped into my life. It's like I do just as good as a job as this person. You know, why am I not being tapped on the shoulder for it? You know, yeah. And then you get you run down the the, the rabbit hole of like, you know, is is there something to do with this or self confidence or or um, you know timeliness on my communication so you, you beat yourself up and that's where where envy can can be and will be a destroyer of your happiness which you have at the present moment yeah and I mean I, I couldn't agree more and yeah. this is where kind of where we were getting to about 
okay, why would we do, it seems maybe weird to some to yeah. do a series on the seven deadly sins. It's all things that we struggle with, right? It's like I said, we all major in one and minor in others. And these are the places, the tangible places where we can actually deal with things that God wants us to deal with. You know, cleansing that heart as mm-hmm. we approach the passion of our Lord and, and Easter and this renewal of our faith is is to cleanse, clear out these places. It's like being a hoarder in, in your heart's this apartment and you've got all this junk in it. And Lent is this great opportunity to clean that out. And so that's why I think like we, we shouldn't waste you know, Lent by just saying, well, I'm going to, I'm going to give up something that doesn't bother me that much or isn't really a big deal in my life. Cause I'll do that. I'll cheat. And I'll be like, well, I'll give this up. And I know in my heart, like, right. I don't even do that much. And then there's or, some things where on certain days it's okay. Yeah. 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 So it's kind of like, you know, then you're like, well, am I really being sacrificial? Yeah. 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 So right. that's like I, the catechism has something interesting to say about that mm-hmm. as we jump into envy here in a second to continue what you started, but it says outward sacrifice which is what most of our Lenten sacrifices are, right? Like mm-hmm. you go to a fish fry and everybody's drinking, but this one person, they're like, well, I'm not drinking this Lent. You know, that's my that's how I'm giving up. Just using that as an you know an easy example. That's an outward sacrifice. And the catechism in, in, in uh, paragraph 20, 2100 says, outward sacrifice to be genuine must be the expression of spiritual sacrifice. The prophets of the old covenant often denounced sacrifices that were not from the heart or coupled with love of neighbor. Mm -hmm. Jesus recalls this in the words of the prophet Hosea when he says, I desire mercy, not sacrifice. Right? So what he's... What they're saying here is like for this to be genuine, it has to be tied to something from the heart. Like I'm giving this up not to just check a box to give something up in Lent, but it's tied to a desire to grow closer to the Lord as you were talking Mm -hmm. about a minute ago. And that's why I think it's so important to look into these seven deadly sins because the church wouldn't put so much emphasis on it if we all didn't struggle with one or a lot of these. You know, I think I struggle with pretty much all of them at some point in my life, but that's like... That's kind of where we're going to go with this. And, you know, with this week, as I said, we're going to focus on envy. And you gave a good definition of envy in your own life. And, um, you know, the catechism, to continue on, we're going to have lots of quotes from the catechism and from Archbishop Sheen and some other places here. But this is what the catechism says. It says, envy is a capital sin. It refers to the sadness at the sight of another's goods and the immoderate desire to acquire them for oneself, even unjustly. When it wishes great harm to a neighbor, it becomes a mortal sin, right? And all of us have been envious at some point in our life. Like you mentioned promotions. Right. You, you play sports and other people are naturally better at it than you. Um, you know, no matter, especially when you've worked hard at something and you still see someone else get something, there's that that envy that turns it into yourself. Well, that should have been mine. I should have done that. They didn't recognize me. Why does that person always get this stuff? And I think it's one that every one of us, when you hear the word envy, you're like, yep, I definitely have some of that in my life. And it could even be towards good things too. Like, you know, I, I feel it in ministry sometimes when I see, you know, a masterful, like Father Mike Schmitz or or uh, somebody that's really, really gifted, Dr. Hahn or somebody that just has a really profound thought or this book is just like, man, this book is incredible. And there's a sense of joy, but if you're not careful, there's always this part that creeps in that's like, well, man, like I I wish I could do that. Like, man, and then all of a sudden, if you're not careful, that turns into almost a resentment Mm -hmm. towards that other person because of that envy. And envy has a lot to do with pride, which is another seven deadly sin that we're going to get into later. But yeah, like it's just, it's this, 
it's it's refusing to be joyful or happy for somebody else because you feel like it's something that you've been owed or something that you should have received. And Archbishop Fulton Sheen talks about this too. He says, envy is sadness at another's good and joy at another's evil. What rust is to iron, what moths are to wool, what termites are to wood, that is envy to the soul, the assassination of brotherly love. And this is why when when the catechism says it needs to be coupled, an outward sacrifice needs to be coupled with love of neighbor, what did Archbishop Sheen say? Envy is the assassination of brotherly love. Mm -hmm. So... As we want to go deeper into Lent, the two commandments are what? The greatest commandments, the Lord said, is to honor God, right? And then to honor our neighbor, to love our neighbor. And so this is the place that we're always supposed to be growing in our hearts. And envy is one of those places that could just put you know, a wall between those right. things and cut us off. And it's why it's important to... You know, even like by now, everyone has probably already picked what they're going to give up. We're not saying go back and change whatever you did, but journey along with us through these weeks. And as we look into these places in our own lives and our own hearts, join us here so that you could turn this Lent into a really powerful, transformative Lent for you by going into these places, listening what the church and saints and future saints and Archbishop, Archbishop Fulton Sheen are saying about these things, because this is what the Lord is really wanting. Like, I want to go in to that place that you you know is an issue mm-hmm. but you don't want to let me in right well and and you know going back to you know what you're saying about uh bishop fulton sheen is that i think all of us have to realize that, that we have to be careful we're not the rust yeah. we're not the rust that's like poisoning a, a relationship a friendship um where like for instance like you know, for instance, like maybe spouses, maybe one spouse has a job that's like earning more money than the other, you know, and then, and then stress comes in because of that. It's like, well, I, you know, uh, I need you to do this, this, and this. And you're like, well, you know, roles change, you know, sure. in a lot of, in a lot of relationships. And if you don't accept that as like, well, that's great, sweetie, or, you know, thanks, honey, you know, and, and you adapt to that need, you know, as you're supposed to, because, hey, I'm happy for you and you're happy for me. Yeah. But again, there's, there's something that's like a little, like a print, I guess a pinprick uh, in our mind that you know. Well, how come? How come I'm not? I'm not getting what I think I deserve. Yeah. And you know, and and we have to be very careful. Like I said, going back, brotherly love, like you said, is is all about neighbor as well. You know, celebrate your neighbor who's doing well who gets two new cars. Yeah. Hey, that's great, man. How you? How great? You know, that's great going on. And I'll go, man. You know, I've been driving the same car for ten years, man. And sure. I'm paying. <laughs> I'm paying like you know, still paying on the uh, the tires. You know, so you know, it's it, it is one of those things where we have to change our mindset because if we're really trying to be uh, a brother, uh, a sister, an assistance in and what they need from us, we have to change our mindset. And it's, it is very hard to do. And that's why Lent is to help reset to our mindset to go, what is important. Right. And we're supposed to be looking at our lives and see where we where we find ourselves in sinfulness. Mm-hmm. And that's what sin is. Sin is is all about ourselves. It's always about ourselves, right? We say, well, no, envy is a, is a sin against someone else. It is, but it, it, it roots from looking interiorly at yourself. Mm-hmm. Sin turns us towards ourselves. That's what the devil wants, is for us to focus on self. It's what pride is. That's what anger is. This person did something to me. You know, it's what lust is. This is what I want. You know, all of these things are these sins, envy, all of it, are an inward turn on ourselves. Mm-hmm. And what God 
God asks us to do is to come out of ourselves and be more concerned for the other. And that's how you remedy envy, which we'll get into in a minute. But I want to go a little bit further into what the catechism says about this stuff. It, um, you know, going on in, in, in Catechism 2539, that same paragraph, it talks about that St. Augustine saw envy as the diabolical sin. Mm. And it says that he said this about it. From envy are born hatred, detraction, calumny, joy, caused by the misfortune of a neighbor and, and displeasure caused by his prosperity. This is exactly what you're saying. My neighbor just got two new cars and I'm driving, you know, a beater that's held together by rubber bands, duct tape and and hope, yeah. you know, or or here I am struggling to make ends meet and there's so many people that, you know, are full of wealth or what, you know, what why is why did they get so much good fortune and we didn't and and, you know, it, it's it's a way that we're constantly looking to the others. And what it does is it drives us away from the, the, the gratitude we should have for everything the Lord has done for us. And so what happens a lot is, and with every one of these seven deadly sins, there's always some form of idolatry brought to into it, right? Like there's an idol with all these sins. Mm-hmm. And with envy, it's status or possessions, right. right? That's what the idol is, is I want that that promotion. That should have been my job. That should have been my boat. That should have been my house. I should have had the that that pretty wife. I should have had this. And that's where the, that envy comes in. So we have to realize that there's a form of idolatry in all of these seven deadly sins. And that's what the idolatry is of this. And and this is what you know Fulton Sheen says again about it. He says, sinful envy is a willful grieving at another's good, either spiritual or temporal, for the reason that it seems to diminish our own good. And that's really the heart of envy. Like it diminishes our own good. Mm-hmm. We feel like we deserve something more than someone else was given. And what does it do? If you're not careful, it can make you not only angry at your boss that chose the other person or or, you know, a woman that chose another man over you or whatever it may be, but eventually what it can do is make you start to hate God. Right? Like you're not a good God. You didn't give mm-hmm. me what you've given other people. And that is always the main goal of the devil in our life is to use these seven deadly sins, these demons that he sends, to turn us away from the Father and to and to detract away from God's goodness as Abba, as Father, and turn him towards this, you know, oh, he doesn't really love you. He's not a good God. He's not a good father. That is the end game of all of these these sins. And so we have to be very mindful of that because if we're not then we fall into that trap, which mm-hmm. we know is is what the devil wants of us. So this this week in this Lent, we should be focusing on this envy and how, you know, we've given examples in our own life of how how we we you know we fall into envy. Um, you know, I, I've talked about it like spiritually. I in ministry, you see it a lot. You know, and it's not even just the gifts that people have, but maybe the platform or the place they've gotten. You know, like man, this person all he turns on the camera and just smiles, and eight billion people watch it and share it around and stuff like that. And that's a little bit of pride and envy. And sometimes I, that'll come up to me too. Is like, man, it seems like so hard. I'm just grinding away, and and you know we don't have the the donors that we'd like to have. It would make it so much easier with all these donors. That person has plenty of donors, and you know what makes them so great and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. The devil will try to throw in my mind, and very quickly I have to return to like, Lord, you've got me in what I'm doing for a reason, and this is exactly where I need to be, and I need to be grateful for the place that you've brought me and the things that you've been giving me. Right, and that's what we've got to kind of do to combat envy in our lives. And so, this is the thing: you cannot 
you cannot give your whole heart to God when you're in. You can continue to be envious of other people. This is something we're always going to struggle with, right? This is why our faith is always about constant conversion. Is you're never going to be at a point where like I'm never in. I'm not envious anymore. What you have to do is start to realize this and start to win the daily battles of envy that you fight in your life every day, or the daily battles of pride or anger or lust or whatever it may be as we go along in the in the coming weeks. But you know when. What you're doing is you're denying that love of neighbor, as we talked about. And, you know, this is what I love this verse from Proverbs. It says, A tranquil heart gives life to the flesh, but envy makes the bones rot. Mm. That's Proverbs 14 30. And it's the truth, man. It's. It's what we talked about a minute ago. Like as you continue to allow yourself to be envious, you not only you know start to hate the person that got something you didn't, or you perceive got something you didn't, or that that hate starts to turn towards God. And this is why Lent is such a gift. It's an opportunity to go into that desert alongside Christ and to start stripping yourselves of these things that you've allowed to control your life, or you've you've been party to way too long that the devil's gotten a foothold in your life, it's time to remove those things, get him, knock him off of his foothold, mm-hmm. and start allowing Christ to come back into those places. So, so yeah, Victor, I, I want to talk a little bit here, and you've alluded to it already with talking about being joyful for somebody, but this this remedy for envy, and it's, it's, it's gratitude. You know, I, I was listening earlier this week. I went to daily mass at St. Louis at the noon mass, and uh, one of the priests that was supposed to be there, I don't know who was, but uh, wasn't there. And they had Father Dexter, a, a great you know young priest right. here, pastor at St. Patrick downtown, uh, step in to do the Mass that day. And he started talking about, it's one of the readings uh, from the Gospel where Jesus was talking about what comes out of a man, like not what goes in. Mm-hmm. It's where he's talking about it doesn't matter if you eat pork or not, but like and things like that. What matters is what comes out of the heart of a man, which is again is the point of Lent, what's mm-hmm. coming out of my heart. But Father Dexter, you know, talked about it. he said, for me, one of my big ones is envy. He said, you know, I envy other people, other pastors, and I don't know if he was talking about like their gifts or the the status that they have or the following they have, or if he's talking about like I'm envious of people with families and children, and it could be any of those things, but none of us are impervious to it. But what he was saying is he said, when I when I feel that come on, what I do is I stop in that moment, and I start to, th- to think of all the blessings that I have in my life, and I start to thank God for every single one of those, and I start to realize I'm where I'm supposed to be, and, I'm, and I have what I'm supposed to have, mm-hmm. and that these things that I don't have are not a, a punishment or a father keeping something from me. It's good things that the Father – it's things that the Father knows that aren't good for me, right? Or they're they're not needed in the time I'm in right. for what I'm doing, my vocation, or where I live. So, I mean, the, the remedy here, Victor, is to be grateful in, in the things that we have, and then you don't have time to be envious, right? You you, you cut that snake – the head off that snake before it before it, it it's loose. It bites it, yeah. 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 So, I mean, the, some of the things moving forward is – is with with gratitude it, it it elicits generosity in us right so mm-hmm. that's the point here when i let's say you get a promo, somebody else gets a promotion i have two ways of behaving I mean, screw that person that's ridiculous i've been here working all these hours the boss knows that i'm the one that does this i'm the one that does that that person is ridiculous and now i'm going to hate that person i'm going to hate my boss i'm going to go home and have all this anger that's going to spill over into my wife and my children mm-hmm. you know just using the example or in that moment we could say, you know what? I did my best, and, and I really thought I was going to get that job. But, Lord, you must know better than I do, 
right? And so I'm grateful that I have a place to work. I'm grateful that I gained the knowledge I got as I continued to try to fight for that position. I learned so much more about that job mm-hmm. or what's needed there. Lord, thank you for that information I now have. Thank you for the money I'm able to make for this life, this job. And Lord, thank you that I also knew that that job was going to come with tons more hours, and I'm already kind of on the borderline of of my family really being upset with me about not having time for them. So thank you for not allowing me to step into a place that takes more time from things that are important. Right? You go there, and we remember through all of these sins and temptations, it presents a choice. Right? And in that choice, it's how am I going to react to this? And if you react with gratitude, then you could start to think, okay, Lord, like this was what was best for me. I accept it. It may not be easy for me to accept at first, but when I do, now I can be grateful and I can give generosity towards that other person. I can be happy for them. I can extend joy. I can pat them on the back and say, man, like, way to go. Good mm-hmm. job. I'm so happy for you. Right? And that's what happens when we're grateful because of the gifts that we we realize and we appreciate the gifts we received. It allows us to go out and then want to to be generous and give gifts to others. And that gift can be not being envious, but being grateful and joyous to that next person. So, um, you know, you could do that in your in your thoughts, and your heart, and in your words towards other people. So, let's talk about that a little bit, Victor. Like, what do we do? Okay, so you want me to spend this week focusing on envy? What do I do when it comes up? You know, well, I would say when the devil starts stirring up, you know, envy, that one stop and think about this episode. You know, remember you have a choice in how you react. You don't have to, in a moment, just do the first thing or or ride the wave of your emotions to to blow in your top or to getting really angry or upset or hating someone. You have a choice. There's there's another side of that. And yes, is it harder to choose the better part? Yes, it is. That's the part of being Christian uh, Christian that's hard. Is I have to be able to remove myself from the easy emotions and the way my, my, I want to go in self and bring myself to something that's very hard. But in that is the reward. In that is the grace. In that is is the things that transform you further into being a Christian and closer to Christ. So remember that, like, stop and listen to the episode. Remember you have a choice. And in that moment, take a minute. Breathe, you know. Instead of fixating on what someone else has been given, pause and start to look at your blessings. One thing I've done lately is when I feel envious, I'll stop and I will write down, okay, what am I envious about? Da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Okay, there's three things. If I start really writing down what I'm blessed with, I will run out of page before I'm done and focus on those things. So when you do that, you, you, you take that reset moment to not fly off the handle, to not you know be um, a slave to your emotions, mm-hmm. but but to really start practicing something else. Three, make a mental list. As I was saying, like you can really either do it mentally or put it on paper. You know, no matter how small these things are, count all of your blessings and stay there in that moment. And then four, give a prayer of gratitude. Stop at a moment and give a short prayer. Like Lord, I'm feeling this way. I'm feeling envious. I'm feeling angry. I'm feeling hate. All of this stuff because. I feel like I've been shorted or I haven't received something I should have. So instead of going deeper in that, Lord, thank you. I've made a list real quick of the things I'm grateful for, and I want to thank you for each and every one of them individually. I want to thank you for my wife. I want to thank you for my kids. I want to thank you for my house. I want to thank you for for my dog. I want to thank you for the food that was on the table. I want to thank you. Once you start doing that, you're, you're going to feel yourself calm. And you're going to get back to a place of, I really have no right to be envious of anything because the Lord has been good to me, mm-hmm. right? You know, there's a lot of people in this world that haven't eaten today, that don't have a roof over their head, that have no way to get around. You know, there's there's things like that. So 
bring ourselves back to that place of gratitude. And then five, practice this again and again, surrendering your heart and gratitude to the Lord. Like, don't stop. Continue to practice this in your life. We get in a place where you go, okay, I beat it that one time. And then maybe envy doesn't rear its ugly head for a month and we forget how we dealt with it. Continue to practice this in your life each and every day. And then rejoice in the way that God has blessed your neighbor. Right At the end of it all, thank God, not only for what he's done for you, but for what he's done for that other person and the blessings. Because you never know, this may have been something that was so critical to that person's life to continue you know, in the, in the type of life they have. So we need to be grateful for that and pray blessings over those neighbors. So, Victor, I mean, that's that's really what I think you got to do when you start stirring up that envy is just to, to think about this episode. Don't fixate on the bad. Choose the good. Count all your blessings. You know, say a small prayer, a quick prayer of that gratitude. Practice this again and again in your life. And then rejoice in the way that God has chosen to bless your brother. That's how you live out that brotherly love. And you start to... to to not assassinate that brotherly love, but right. build up that brotherly love. So, do you have any final thoughts here before we well, close? Just, I just everyone, it's the first time y'all hearing us. Just, just know that we have what six more. Yeah, he's coming out, and and just think of it like this. You know, we all go, we should go, go to a doctor, do physicals every once in a while. So this is like a spiritual physical, really, kind of like us or a spiritual spiritual. Yeah, you know, whatever you're going to call it. Yeah, but um, you don't but, have to turn your head and cough here. But. Right, right, yeah. So. <laughs> It may be painful in some form because you're you're opening up wounds that you probably either ignored or you didn't realize it was a wound. Uh, but that's what Lent's all about: is peeling back the layers of scar yeah. tissue that we've just kind of covered up and said, "I've dealt with it," but you know, you didn't deal with it. Yeah. And and so if ever if this if this something is going to your heart as saying, "Man, you know what? Well, everything John and Vic is saying, I, I think there's some stuff that's still there, envy wise. Yeah. Um, but like, follow us and, and let us know that you know if you anything that moves you in, in what we're doing next seven you know seven weeks, uh, please give us a, a heads up because we could add to the show. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. Send yeah. in emails, all yeah. that stuff, your comments, your thoughts. Right. Follow us, all that stuff. You know, it's a great depiction what you just showed. Peel the layers back. I mean, we yeah. really should look at ourselves all the time like an mm-hmm. onion. We're always peeling back those layers to get into the to that core and that good heart. But I want to close the show here with one final quote from St. John Christendom, the golden tongue. That's you right. know, uh, he says, Would you like to see God glorified by you? Then rejoice in your brother's progress, and you will immediately give glory to God. Because his servant could conquer envy by rejoicing in the merits of others, God will be praised. Mm -hmm. So, folks, that's what it's all about is living for God. So as we struggle through this Lent, as we go through this Lent, let's continue to look at these places that God wants us to look at. And there's no better place to start than the seven deadly sins. If you're dealing with envy, pray into that. Do the things we've talked about here. And then we'll continue on down this path. Uh, as we go and march alongside the Lord towards his passion. So, Victor, let's take all this to prayer, all right? In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we know that you desire for us to return to you with our whole heart. We cannot do that, though, if we continue to fall to the sin of envy. This Lent, help us to meet a moment of envy with prayer and a grateful heart. And Father, whenever we find ourselves being tempted to sin against our neighbor through envy, Allow us the grace to think of the many blessings you bestowed upon us and bring us joy for our neighbors when we witness how you choose to bless them. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thanks for listening to Just a Guy in the Pew. To find out more about John Edwards or have him come to speak to your parish, group, or conference, go to justaguyinthepew.com or send us an email at justaguyinthepew at gmail.com.